0: This message that I'm going to give you today is something I've never heard anyone else preach on. We may find out why by the end of it, but (laughs) I call it the 50-yard line or the midfield, life at the midfield. And uh, if you're looking for a verse to turn to, if you're one of those who like to read in your Bible, uh, I'll be at Ephesians 5.28 and around in that neighborhood, but Ephesians 5.28 this is a chance for me to tell on myself and probably one of the reasons Donna didn't come is because I, I pick on us a little bit, not on her at all. My wife is one of those people that just naturally, she's a natural leader. You know, there's lots of messages, or at least in our end of the woods we hear about a powerful woman message, right? And uh, I happen to be married to one. We're, we've been We're doing our 34th year this year yeah yeah praise God for my my marriage i'm really I married a wonderful woman, and she walked me with me through some stuff I'll be sharing some of that today how to live at the fifty yard line or at the midfield line. That was important for us because uh, I had never learned how to love myself. It was something that no one had ever talked about, and uh, I didn't see it. I didn't see it played out in my parents' life. I didn't see it played out in anyone else's, really. And so I kind of recreated in our early marriage uh, kind of this, if you imagine a soccer field and a balanced marriage might be at the midline, midfield line. You know what I mean? We both had our our sides of the, of the marriage and we kind of balanced in the center. And that was a of the way I see it but the way I was uh, I came from a divorced family a family of divorced families and uh, I was uh, I'd never really seen a good marriage work so I remember when we got married I, I told Donna and she, she agreed and let's, let's do this commitment we both made a vow to each other besides the marriage vow we just said we're not even going to use the word divorce in our marriage we are just we're going to figure out how to make this thing work we've never seen it work on her side or my side But we're going to do our best to do this. And uh, we weren't Christians, by the way. When we started that, we got our pre-marriage counseling, accepted Christ, got married. Just Just like that. But our plan was, let's not blow it. Let's stick together. Well, my expression of that looked like, okay, I've got this new person in my life, this beautiful young girl. We were married at... I was two and she was one. <laughs> that might not be completely true, but um, we were married young for sure. And and uh, so I just figured, well, I'm just going to do whatever I can to take care of my wife, just just to love her and um, make sure that she feels loved. And um, so I'll kind of I'll just defer everything. Just what do you need? What do you want? What do you like? So I really, really focused on that. What do you like? Um, I remember we'd get in the car. We'd we'd go for a drive, and one of us would say, Hey, uh, you want to go out for lunch? Go get something to eat. I'd say, Sure. This is me. Sure, what do you want? Oh, I don't care. You decide. Okay. um, How about a hamburger? A good, big, juicy Man burger, you know, the, the kind you mow on and it runs down your elbow. and That's what I'm talking about. I, I think a burger sounds good. Oh, no, I hate burgers. Oh, those, those are terrible. Oh, okay, well, what do you want? I don't care. All right. Um, I'm new at this. Uh, sushi. Boom, let's do some sushi. I love sushi. let's Let's go down and get ourselves some fresh, awesome sushi. Oh, no, I hate that stuff. Sushi, fish? Uh, no. Yuck. Oh Okay, um uh, So, what do you want? I don't care. Man, this is complicated. Okay. Well, you know where we always ended up was the salad bar, which is like the lowest possible in the food chain, you know. And no, but but that was an example. It's like, all right, uh, I'll get you your salad every day. It was the salad bar. Well, that that is a picture if you if you can imagine a, a field here, and we start at half. In the, in the midfield. And when the question comes up, where do you want to be? And I say, um, how about hamburger? And she says, oh, no. I would, oh, okay. I would retreat. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what do you want? I don't care. So we'd go through this. How about sushi? No. Oh, okay, okay. I'd retreat from sushi. And I'd retreat from a lot of things. You know, just just life being married. You're just working out the stuff. And I retreated, and I retreated, and I retreated into my end zone. And it's like, um, in the end zone, I have a different set of rules. I feel trapped, and I feel unhappy. And uh, for some reason, I had this this rage button in my life. That I learned when I was a little kid. And it kind of still hung around. I still use that button on my dashboard, that big red button with the cover on it that you're not supposed to push. And when I felt trapped or belittled or minimized, I would pop open that lid and push that button and I'd blow us all back to her side of the field. (laughs) And then I'd feel like a total heel. So I'd repent and repent and wallow around and feel bad and get back to half to the midfield. And then we'd start it over again. We'd retreat and retreat. And then big, volatile anger and then Retreat, retreat. So we started out pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. We had a lot of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. You see, the problem is that my wife married an invisible man <laughs> in those days. Uh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to be invisible. I, I just didn't have any role models. My parents weren't married. I'd never seen a good marriage. I wasn't finding him in the church, I'll be honest. This is a long time ago. And so I didn't know how to... I didn't know how to be. You know? Didn't really even know what I liked. I realized I didn't like salad, but I apparently had no choice. So... uh, And that makes me mad, so there you go. One day... My wife and I are, I don't know, kind of idly talking. It wasn't a big moment. There was no anger going on. There was no moment. There was no argument. And she says something that just destroyed me. She said, I don't really trust you. Now, I am Mr. Loyal, trustworthy Irish setter. You know, this is like, what? You don't trust me. How could you not trust me? I go through my man list. You know, I've never cheated on you. I've never stolen. I don't spit too often. I've never lied. Well, maybe little ones, but... You know. I've never lied to her. I I make the money and I obediently give it to her. Every payday. I do all the stuff. I do my honey-do's. I was thinking... One of the things that that hurt the most on for me, which she didn't... I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those conversations where one of you don't remember it and the other one feels like you got hit with a bat. Yeah. The reason it hurt is because it was around that time that my wife started flying with Sozo. Now, when Sozo first started, the ministry of Sozo... It was, uh, it was tiny and just a bunch of volunteers and basically it was a nice place to put all of our money, all of our extra money, yeah? We just, we kind of invested in our, in our ministry and I was happy to do that because it wasn't really a ministry, it was this awesome thing that was just kind of happening uh, in my wife's life and part of me being that husband wanted to support and build and encourage her. It just, I was happy to do that. And so the role ended up looking like a lot of sacrifice to get my wife out on the road. To get her out there, it was financially, it was time. We had two little boys at the time when it first started. Lots of time. A dad working all week long. If you heard my message from this weekend, there's parts of that story that means uh, I was working really hard. And then my wife would be gone. That adds a new dimension. So I'm home with the kids. Now, this isn't a complaint. I love my kids. But it just, it, it was a costly thing. You know what I mean? It was a sacrifice. It was a good one. But it, I paid a price for that. One night, I was lying in my bed at home. Now, Donna was on a trip. Now, the way it's worked out, this being really transparent, you know, Donna can travel for a week or maybe a week and a half, to be honest. And I don't really... It doesn't bother me. Because, you know, I'm running hard and there's just stuff to do. I can finally get the toilet paper going the right way. You know. Yeah. Right? Come on. You can finally get the bathroom sink organized so you can at least put something down in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, that first week and a half-ish, pretty good. But, uh, you know, you get beyond that, and whoa, I got pretty lonely. It's like, "Wow, I think it was one of those longer week one of those longer trips, maybe a two week trip, maybe longer, I don't know, but I was laying in bed at night. it was oh gosh, I don't know, twelve and twelve o'clock, one in the morning. one of those nights I was not in a good spot, I was feeling bad, I was lonely, I was angry, um, and I was trying to figure out. What am I going to do with my life? I, I remember saying to myself, and my cat. <laughs> now my cat is laying right here on my chest. Now my cat is like a little therapist. Yeah, she'll sit there and she'll land my chest and purr and gaze deeply into my eyes, and I'll I'll gaze back and I'll talk to her. I'll check, you know scratch her little cheeks and. She just talks back to me and listens. She's an awesome listener. Great therapist. <laughs> Cheap, too. A little cat food, and she's happy. But I'm sitting there talking to my cat. Her name is Gur. My kid named her. Gur. And I'm, I'm talking to Gur, and I, and I say this thing. I say, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for a powerful woman that leaves me alone all the time. I didn't sign up for a lonely lifetime. I'm laying in bed and I'm staring at the ceiling. It's pitch black in the room. And I remember saying out loud, God, I did not sign up for this. And I heard him speak back over the rumble of my cat. He speaks back and he says, So, what are you going to do about that? Which is... little surprising. I'm thinking, well, actually, I was hoping, you know, you'd give me a better answer than that. I'm thinking you're God and I'm down here with a cat on my chest. I was hoping this would kind of work out a little better. You know, if you could, like, give me, throw me a bone here, you know. I found around that time, right because of that, God called me out. He said, what are you going to do about that? I found a new part of the gospel right about now right about that moment. And this is this idea of loving myself. I've never heard anybody talk about it. Probably they do. Maybe they did and I turned it off. Because, see, loving myself was was not my deal. My deal was to give out for my wife, give out for my kids, give out for my church, give out for my clients, give out for my friends, give out for the stranger... I I I know that we're loved I know that God loves us I know that it's just a weird dynamic I thought you know we love God and God loves us but I somehow I'm not allowed to love myself this is me okay Well there's this this section that I pointed you at Ephesians 5 I'm going to start in the 22 aisle which says wives submit to your husbands as to the lord and for and the husband is the head of the wife and on it goes you know i was trying to be the head of my wife but i didn't love myself i didn't think i needed to in fact i kind of thought it was wrong my wife was trying to submit to me we i mean we've had a great marriage uh so there's, there's uh, you know, I don't want to communicate that we've had these troubles. It's just that I've had uh, challenges in this area. And so she's had trouble submitting, not because she doesn't want to, but because she can't figure out who I am. Verse 28, I'm going to jump down through some stuff and get to the, the meat of this. Verse 28 says, In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives As their own bodies. He who loves his wife. Loves himself. Oh I get that one. But as his own body. Okay I guess I can take care of myself. And then it dawns on me. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to care for myself? 29. After all no one ever hated his own body. But he feeds and cares for it. Just as Christ does the church. I'm like. Oh my goodness. Verse 33. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. I think the wife respecting her husband is a natural outcome. I've actually found this out. But I'm just talking about the the love yourself piece. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning and I'm realizing that the cross of Jesus is so much bigger than I thought. The cross of Christ solved the the puzzle for sin, right? It answered the, the justice problem. It did that. It reconciled us to God. But it did something else. It restored the bar... To when God made us. It's like when he made us in the garden. It says that God in the end makes Adam and Eve. And he says. It "Is very good. He calls us very good. And then we sin and the ball falls. The bar falls. The bar. That happens. And when that happens. I think. I wrapped my identity around that Fallen bar. I made it. And, and then I have to remember the cross actually restored that. And that, it sounds silly for a guy of my age and my life experience and in a church and around the Bible for a few years now. And I, it sounds crazy to say these things, but I guess I saw it anew. I saw it for me I saw that the bar had been replaced and that God called me very good and the, and the Holy Spirit asked me he said say I am good he told me to say I am good and I said there's no way because I happen to be an expert on myself pretty sure I'm not that's you know I need a savior he said say I am good and I said no say I am good I said, I, I can't say it. I I, I couldn't even mouth it. This actually happened. I, I, uh, 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 I couldn't mouth words. I am good. Because I didn't believe it. And he, and he finally says, well, you're going to have to decide which is more true. Your belief in your worthlessness or my son's cross. You're going to figure that out. And when you do, we'll talk. <laughs> uh, I am good. Because... <laughs> I don't even believe it. But I begin to say that and it begins to soak in and I begin to think, oh my goodness, I am good. And I began to learn, it's like, don't tell anybody, but it was like, I had to do this in secret. You know, is it something, is this permitted? Because I, like I said, I'd never heard anybody talk about it before. Can I love myself? Is that okay? I... I remember um, trying to figure out how to love myself. So I started out with food. <laughs> yeah. Now, you see, because of Donna's travel, I had a lot of opportunity to go experiment. So I was like, <laughs> well, let's go love myself a little bit. <laughs> I did. So I, <clears throat> I found out I really love filet which is fillet, I think, for you. Either way, it's awesome. And I so then it was the question is, well, which restaurant has the one I love most that loves me back, right? Donna came back from that trip, and she goes in, and she sits down in our office, and she's working through our, our credit card statements, and she goes, dang, man, what have you been doing? Who have you been taking out? Um... Uh, I've been loving myself. (laughs) She's all, well, love yourself with some dry cereal, boy. Look at this, Bill, you know. (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay. I had to learn, you know, do I like green curry or red or yellow? I don't know. I don't know. So I had to find out. I did find out I don't like black pudding. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that I tried it, I did It's like, wow I, I, I don't know why anyone would eat that But <laughs> Well, one night Now this night, Donna was home And she was getting ready for a trip And uh, getting ready for the trip In our house Is kind of like a wild animal Racing through the brush So you just stay out of her way, you know So she's running around the house. What she's trying to do is get her right clothes and her shoes and her suitcase and all the jazz that goes with these big old long trips. And so this was like at, goodness, it must have been 11.30 at night. It was really late. Now, a flight out of Reading is like at 5.30 in the morning. So you got to get up at 3.30, get there by 4.30. You know what I mean? So it's so she's got a really short night coming. I'm thinking, man, you're going to get up at three thirty, and it's like eleven thirty at night. So I'm in bed, and the cat's out. So I'm under my blankets, and I'm I'm laying there, and I'm learning about all of this stuff about me and about her and about Felit, and um, but I'm processing, I'm processing with my man brain. My man brain says, 11.30 to 12.30, 1.30, 2.30, 3.30. That's a problem. That's what my man brain is doing. Donna is in the closet. Now, I can't see her. The way our bedroom is oriented, you can't see into the closet, but you can hear her beating around in there like a buffalo's loose in there, right? (laughs) I don't really know what she's doing. But, I mean, the walls are bam, boom, 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 boom. And I'm and I'm laying in bed and it's 11:30 and I'm thinking there can't be anything import- more important than an extra hour of sleep right now. So I, I think. I you know I'm I'm the head of this house and and my wife's supposed to submit and blah blah okay okay I think I think it's time to assert. <laughs> I'm I'm in the blankets, I'm curled up and I'm warm and my eyes are closed and the bump 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 in the closet and I'm like, okay, I Okay. Donna come to bed. No. No. Let's see. Donna come to bed? No. Lame. Okay. So I'm practicing. Now she's still bumping around in the closet thinking, let's see. Donna, come to bed. That's not bad. Let's see. Donna, come to bed. Ah, that's too, oh, too much. Okay. So I finally say, Donna, it's late. Come to bed. That wasn't bad. That's good. And she goes, she, she's bumping around. She says, she doesn't stick her head out or anything. She hollers out, I can't come to bed. I'm looking for some shoes. Michael, that—that kind of hurt. That—I don't feel like that submitted at all. <sighs> I was trying to help her. Well, maybe I need to assert more. So I turn up the volume, and I assert. I, still with my eyes closed in the bed under the covers, I say, "Donna, come to bed now." It's late (laughs) Not bad Not bad Okay She's She says Hollers through the door I can't come to bed I'm looking for these shoes I'm thinking Gosh He's got a thousand of them And they're just picked to Right (laughs) oh my gosh I'm thinking what so I'm thinking that that hurts my feelings that that didn't feel good and then I think I'm trying to help her why wouldn't she see that and she's getting ready to go on a big old trip and I'm going to be left alone again and I'm just this this doesn't feel good And I think, you know, I deserve better than this. Except I say it out loud. And the bumping stops. Yeah, baby. I'm laying there and I go, oh, it is on now. It is 1130 at night and we are going to go at it. All right. Let's go. So I, I sit up in bed and I go, let's get it on right now. She stops the bumping. She walks out and she leans against the door of the closet. She looks at me. She says, you know something, babe? You're right. You do. I was like, I do? <laughs> That's awesome. You see, I figured out Of course, Donna and I were never at odds with each other, but we were figuring out how big is a marriage. Is it big enough for two powerful people or not? Is it? I hope so. Now, I had one, because I've been working this girl for a long time, supporting her in prayer, throwing money at it, supporting her while she's gone, and happy to do it. But, but now, it was my turn. And I'm thinking, man, is there room for two? And she's saying, yes. But this is my own battle. So I started practicing and getting better. Now, she went on that trip. and It was all good. She came back. While she was on these trips, I said I kept practicing my food choices. So I had pretty much figured out what I like. I really like sushi. And I really like hamburgers. And I really like fillet. (laughs) So we're back in the car. Some time has gone by. I said, you want some lunch? She goes, sure. I go, what would you like? She says, I don't care. You decide. I want sushi. Oh, no, I hate that. Sorry. I have the stick. The stick is our who has the decision to make the choice stick. And when she said, you decide, I said, okay. And I was getting bitter at it. Now, I didn't, like, press it on her or lord it over her. And she said, I hate sushi. And I go, well, maybe they got some tempura shrimp. I don't know. But today, we're having sushi. And I know right where to go. She's like... (gasps) <gasps> I said I'd never done that before we go to have sushi <laughs> that poor girl <laughs> yeah she didn't eat very well that day but 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 you know what happened the next time we're in the car and uh, I said you, you feel like going out for lunch sure I have a stick <laughs> I said okay awesome where do you want to go lettuce okay let's do that okay next time i get the stick so we this begins to go become our style she leaves and i kind of figure out my life i go to a gym and i figure out i i really enjoy working out not very much and hard but i do i i like that i figure out Oh, I like some friends... I got these buddies and we hang out on Friday nights around a fire pit and I just like doing that and, you know, we... And I start figuring out my life. She comes back from a trip and she go you know, and I she walks in and I'm putting on my jacket and walking out she goes, Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go to the gym and after that I'm going to hang out with my buddies and she's all, Well, I want to go. Well, come on. But join me. You know, this was... This was this experience that we were having. It wasn't long after that, my wife says something. It's another one of those times she does not remember this. I've, I've said, now, do you remember saying that? Because she's heard me preach this before. We, she knows this message. But, I go, do you remember the time you, out of the blue, I think we were working in the front garden. We were pulling weeds or monkeying around doing whatever. And she says, you know, I trust you now. It was like a, a, a bell rang. It caught me off guard. I go, You trust me? Why? She says, and she's, she's just raking away or working on the grass. and She goes, I don't know. It's like I know where you are and I, I know what you like now. The light comes on man brain versus woman brain. Man brain is, I didn't, loving myself was irrelevant. I was serve, 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 serve. And I was serving out of kind of worthlessness, kind of no value. But when I, but what, in all of this service, that was me accomplishing tasks. And what I thought I was doing was supporting my wife. What she found was when she pushed on me, nobody was there. When she reached out to find me, where is that guy? What is he like? What does he hate? What does he want to do? What does he not want to do? And I was... uh, The light went on. Oh, my goodness. This marriage is big enough for two powerful people. And, And I can honor and cherish my wife i can support her and you know i do i hope you know that i encourage her i uh, love her ferociously but it's almost like when i when, when i loved myself it's like i was it's like before i loved myself it's like i, I spent my life bent over and when i loved myself i could love her upright and when I loved myself, she found her man again. The invisible man was gone. And she could push on me and find me. Yeah. Well, that's all I have. That's all I want to say. I, I think the lesson is I'd like to know, I'd like to be an agent of good in your life and ask you, do you love yourself? You know, do you do you love yourself? Is that natural and easy? Or is it awkward and maybe out of... Is that even legal? Yeah. You know, it's more than legal. It's essential. It's biblical. And it's the thing that makes you love better. I realized even in my worship to God... I used to perceive God as great, which He is, and I am a worm. And I would get wormier and wormier to expand the distance, in other words, make God even greater. I would get lower. I was a worm. Now, I was a Bethel worm. That makes me a supernatural worm. That makes me a worm with a cape, right? I can fly around, do supernatural stuff, but I'm still a worm. But when I learned to love myself, I realized, oh, this is what God loves. Not the worm. I mean, he loves the worm, but he he made me more than that. He made me a man. And when I stood up, it didn't diminish the distance. It raised him higher. We've got to love ourselves Given our permission From Paul the Apostle Let me read that One more time Now this time I'm going to read the whole thing From Verse 22 Wives Submit to your husbands As to the Lord For the husband is the head of the wife As Christ Is the head of the church His body of which He is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, gave Himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word, and present her to Himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself after all no one ever hated his own body but he feeds and cares for it just as christ does the church For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become flesh, one flesh, excuse me. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect your husband I'd like you to look inside for just a minute with the help of the Holy Spirit I'd like you to kind of under your, under your breath I'd like you to try these words I am good and how does that feel does it does it recoil or does it feel true it needs to be true. If, it, if you recoil with that, I want you to consider the cross of Jesus. I want you to consider what that cross did. How it reset the bar for everyone, including you and I. It reset the bar to when God said, it is very good. He reset the bar. That's what He sees because of Jesus and that cross. Wow. Now I'd like you to think about the wee hours of your life, when you're staring at the roof, and there's a cat on your chest, and you're wondering about your life. Can you answer this question? Is it well with your soul? I am good because of Jesus. And if not, if you can't do that, I'd like you to answer this question. And I quote, what are you going to do about it? Father God, I ask that you would teach us to stand up. You would teach us about our value, about our assignment, and about how to love ourselves so that we can love others even more. I pray that this miracle would happen for us. Lord, I have felt it. I release it in the room. I offer an invitation to find wow, to find out how much you matter if you don't. If you can't see it, I invite you to that place. It's way better than the alternative. (laughs) Jesus, I ask you to do a miracle. And I ask you to do it today. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.